0: Ever wondered who and what is shaping Luxembourg? This is your Lux Unplugged podcast with your hosts, Adrian and Thierry.
1: Hi, I'm Thierry. And I'm Adrian. Welcome back to the Lux Unplugged podcast. This time around, we've got the pleasure of welcoming Mark Serres, CEO of the Luxembourg Space Agency. Did you know that Luxembourg has been undertaking a lot of initiatives in the space industry? Actually, I've heard a lot about space mining, which seems to have received a lot of trash in the news. But now I understand there's a lot more that we can talk about in this field. Yes, indeed. So we thought of inviting Mark to the podcast to give us and our listeners a better picture of what kind of stuff they do at the agency. But for now, without further ado, our conversation with Mark Serres, CEO of the Luxembourg Space Agency.
0: Welcome to the Luxembourg podcast. Good morning. As usual, before we start talking about all the exciting things that you do at the uh, the Luxembourg Space Agency, could you just talk us a little bit more about your background? What's led you to the helm of the Luxembourg Space Agency? In fact, I never thought that I would do what I do today.
2: And the whole story starts in Belgium because I grew up in Belgium and went also to the university. I was about to finish my PhD. I was already hired by a company. But before I I managed to finish, they reorganized themselves. And so I even had no occasion to start there. And at that time, my brother was already working at SES, the satellite operator here in Luxembourg. And he told me, yes, but look, also in Luxembourg, you will see they are looking for engineers and also specialized engineers. So this is what I did. And within a week, I started working in Luxembourg, where I never thought that, you know, engineer, PhD in optoelectronics, there would be some sort of of opportunity for me. But I was wrong. Like a lot of people, I would say that they have a wrong perception about Luxembourg. I I lived too long outside of Luxembourg. And during five years, I worked within a a company that was developing uh, antennas for satellite communications. And then one day, Luxembourg became a member state of ESA, the European Space Agency and the government opened a position to deal with ISA, And I was surprised, but my profile was fitting quite well, and I was retained for this position. And that was the start for me to work within the administration. And that was first in the Ministry of Research. With the elections in 2013, our small team was moved to the Ministry of the Economy, where we are now, and last year, the Minister decided to also to create the Luxembourg Space Agency. From the moment where I was in, in Belgium, thought, thinking that I would make my, my careers there, uh, being now here in Luxembourg, in the administration and managing the Luxembourg Space Agency, uh, that's an opportunity that I could
0: not imagine when I started my career. There's been a lot of promotion and, and publicity about space mining coming from the government. How would you describe the mission of the Luxembourg Space Agency?
2: It's important to understand why we do this here. Over the whole history in Luxembourg, Luxembourg had to reinvent itself. And and this is something to which we contribute uh, with, uh, with the agency and also before. It's the diversification of the economy. You certainly know that Luxembourg comes from a, a country of agriculture. And then with the discovery of iron ore, it became uh, also a leader in, in the steel industry. And now Luxembourg is a leader in the finance industry. And so, But nobody really thought about all the things before it happened, even for the, the finance industry. That was an opportunity that someone saw and, and pushed Luxembourg into that direction. But, but there was no sort of prerequisite to become uh, a financial platform li- like it is today. And and space as well. Space as well was something where the, the government identified really an opportunity in the middle of the 80s by valorizing some sovereign rights, you know, that uh, Luxembourg has frequencies that are reserved and on the orbital arc, on the geostationary arc. And they were valorized through a private company that is called now SES, at that time it was Société Européenne des Satellites, and that was that was a huge success. The beginning was quite a debate on why should we do that, and uh, is that really the, r- the right way to do it? There were a lot of debate as well with the neighbor countries, because we have to know that at that time everything was institutional. All these services were offered through you know state administrations or state companies. And coming with the idea to say now it becomes a commercial activity with, and we take on board private investors to do it, that was a revolution at that time. And you can see that today the vast majority of all these operators are commercial companies. So I believe that at that time we had the right vision to enter into these activities. And we hope now with the, I- the initiative on the space resources, so it's not only about space mining, Uh, this initiative on the space resources puts us again in such a position where hopefully our vision will materialize in the next uh, 10-15 years and so that we will have this opportunity to position Luxembourg on on a very very powerful and with great opportunities uh, for Luxembourg.
1: So there's obviously then I would say quite a lot of work to get done to get there where the steel was, the finance was. Uh, You just celebrated the agency's first anniversary. What are your achievements then so far that you can tell us about?
2: Well, we have worked on a lot of of topics. First mission, the diversification of the economy or having that as objective means that we are essentially working in the support of, of companies. So we help entrepreneurs who have specific objectives. This, this is a bit different from, if, if I compare that to large agencies like the European Space Agency or, or even NASA, they have been put up to implement own missions. So they have an objective to develop new technologies or, or, or come with scientific missions. And so they define what has to be done and they contract industry to do what they need to do. So in our case, it's a bit different. We don't define now what industry has to do. It's a more bottom up approach. An entrepreneur who needs some sort of support to develop its own activity can come to us and then we will look at how we can help him. But the initiative needs to come from from the company or from the entrepreneur, which is a bit different way of working uh, with regard to a number of other agencies. And in that context, what we learned over the last years is that it's not only about giving a grant to a company to develop a new product or a new service, it's more than that. And therefore we have worked on other aspects also to create really an ecosystem here where the company will really be embedded in an environment that is favorable to their development. What we see is, for example, the the talent development is extremely important. If you have a dynamic industry, you have also to provide these companies with the right people, with the right skills. And, uh, And so here we have worked a lot on different levels, starting really from the primary and secondary school up to the first job for young graduates. And on the primary and secondary level, we are part of an initiative of the European Space Agency with the idea to illustrate uh, disciplines like mathematics or different science disciplines. It's not the idea now to create already a course about space, but rather to use a phenomenon, I don't know, to show, to, to make a f- small experiment in the class uh, on physics. Uh, th- there is one interesting thing that I saw already is that to discover properties of materials... ESA developed a small kit where kids can make experiments on uh, the density of a small cube, uh, the, the electric conductivity, the thermal conductivity, and all this in a space context. But of course, they are learning general science through through these type of things. So that that's the first effort that we that we have been doing is to use space really to inspire the young generation and potentially to go more into the STEM careers. So after the primary and secondary level, we have also an agreement with the the University of Luxembourg for an interdisciplinary space master. So this is a specific two years master that started this year. And the idea is to complement a technical background by space-specific aspects, but also business aspects. And so our intention was not to replicate, say, space masters in other countries because they have a good experience. And I think they probably train very well all all these these young people. The the issue very often, and, and this is something that we saw also discussing with the companies, is you may have very good engineers that come out of these uh, of these uh, curricula. The problem they have no idea how a company works. They have no idea about the more general context. For example, in Europe, you have specific industrial policy. You have the international regulatory framework. All these aspects are also important to to be quickly operational within an industry company or an industrial landscape and and so this master is supposed also to give some sort of complementary education so that these people are immediately operational within the company or they they can even start their own company so this is really where we saw the, the interest of putting uh, setting up such a master, and the university uh, is implementing it. They are they have developed now the program for two years, and uh, and of course now it's it's the start. So we will have to wait for two years to have the first graduates. But that was also a very important step. That means that not only now the companies have sort of an attractive framework here in Luxembourg, also to to get foreigners to work in Luxembourg, but there will be also a sort of local talent pool or locally produced uh, 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 talent pool in Luxembourg. So first years, we talk about something like 20 students. We'll see if this is successful. This may even go beyond that. And then the next level is once you have your your diploma, we have also an agreement with European Space Agency to send these young graduates for one up to two years as a first job within the the European Space Agency. And that's, that's extraordinary because European Space Agency, even though it has not the name of NASA, for example, is a fantastic agency. If you look at all what Europeans have done with the small means that they have, you have to compare the financial means between Europe and US, there is an order of magnitude difference, but still we are doing fantastic things in Europe. And, and that's thanks to the European Space Agency. And so having young people from Luxembourg, being able to have their first experience in this agency is really fantastic. So we are very happy of that. It's a small program that has a lot of success. And we have now, since the last few years, three to four Luxembourgers that, that go and work at, at ESA. So that was on, on the education part. That's not enough. We have also seen that, especially because we encourage commercial activities uh, within industry, we have uh, worked together with the European Investment Bank and they have also done some work with the European Commission on the question of accessing finance for the space sector. And uh, it was extremely clear that in Europe there was no real instrument that was, uh, should I say, specialized for space companies. And, and this is something we have worked on. We have worked over the last uh, 18 months to set up a new instrument that would enable also capital investment to be available for startups or startups or young young companies. It's rather uh, early stage investment. So that's again something that we have done now to really enrich this ecosystem so that a company that comes to Luxembourg or is in Luxembourg has Access to a number of instruments that will support its development here
0: in Luxembourg. So, there's, so within a year, there have been <laughs> quite a whole lot of achievements, <laughs> uh, so far we can hear. So, in, in, in more practical terms, are there any examples like private sector involvements that have been kicked off? Well, we are
2: still in this building up phase, so a lot of these things have just happened. And others are going to be finalized until the end of the year. So it's difficult now already to give very concrete examples where we see this is the measure that we have put in place, this is the company that benefited of it, and this is the result. So I believe that really giving you a realistic and robust assessment of the impact, we will need at least three to five years more really to see what uh, how all these initiatives that we took have had hopefully a positive impact but we have already a few companies that have established here who show a good development but again these young companies always need a few years to really come to a certain level of maturity and mature enough to say that now they have a chance to be sustainable so it's a bit early now to, to, to take, let's say, the first conclusions, but I would say the trends look very, very
0: favorable. So I understand you talk about startups, right?
2: We have had a lot of startups recently, yes. So today, we are essentially interacting with non-Luxembourgish companies. And just to give you um, an idea, in 2018, we had a bit more than 200 new contacts. Okay, It's not only companies, sometimes it's also individuals or research centers, or it, it can be uh, various, but it, it was just a complete change uh, of working. And we had to start really treating files of companies establishing in Luxembourg. Of course, this, those are essentially startups even though sometimes they have a, a larger mother company in another country but in luxembourg it's a small company that starts with a few people and needs need to grow and so this is the reason why we we also have developed or worked a lot on instruments that help this type this type of companies
1: so you've seen the growing interest and from the private sector that you, that you hoped for when, when you started. Absolutely, absolutely. This is something, a trend that we see now
2: since a bit more than five years. Entrepreneurs, you had always entrepreneurs interested to go into space. But what is, is changing is that they are backed more and more by private investors. This is a new trend. And of course, for us, this is a very interesting trend because that means also that these private investors see a commercial opportunity for the companies. And, and this is the part where we are interested in. The companies that we can help start the activities, but will also rely on commercial revenues. That's extremely important for us. We, we have means to develop that, but still in absolute terms, is relatively small. And if we want to take the best out of it, we, we need to create a leverage. And being able to help a company that will generate other sorts of revenues than just, let's say, being a contractor to our agency or ESA, because ESA, the, the investments that we do as Luxembourg within ESA, that's the same model. The, mainly, th- those are contracts that are given to industry. But we need we need this leverage. This is the only way we can develop this sector here and having also companies
0: that we help but do not depend on us. You talked earlier about the uh, the Space Resources Initiative. So what is what is this initiative about? How would you describe it? What is the vision of this uh, this project? Uh, Spaceresources.lu
2: talks about the resources that you can find in space. And here we talk about materials that you could find either on the moon, on an asteroid, or Mars, or any other sort of objects where these resources could be useful. Because today, Everything you do in space, you have to take it with you. If you launch a satellite, you will manufacture the satellite here, put it in the rocket, and launch it. Even the the propellant that you need to operate the satellite is taken on board. And just to give you an idea, the, the big geostationary satellites, they have a lifetime of something like 15, sometimes more than 15 years. They take all their propellant with them, since day one, and that represents up to two thirds of the the volume of the satellite. If you could start developing, producing pieces or maybe structural elements or propellant, for example, in space, those are all things that you don't need to take with you anymore. It's, It's a bit like on Earth. You cannot always take everything with you. That That's just uh, over costly. I, I know people who have young kids, they know what I mean. They always have to take a lot of things with them when they go on holidays. But in principle, you rent something where you go, you buy the things you need where you go. And and that's exactly the same thing we, we thought would be an opportunity in the future. So being able to use the resources you have in space, creating propellant to, you know... S- to have at a certain point a sort of gas station in space, creating or producing elements will create totally new opportunities. That's a new economy that you create in space. And it will revolutionize the way you you, you behave in space. Another ex- another example, it's not only that you have to take everything with you, but the satellites they are designed today because they have to fit into the rocket. So you are constrained in terms of weight or volume, and also because they have to resist to the launch. The launch is something that is quite violent for these equipments, and so they are over designed for their real function in space because in space they are just free flying, there is no strong physical uh, constraint on them, but they are over designed because they have to resist the launch. So, give an engineer This uh, opportunity to think out of the box, saying you can have everything in space. Just tell me how a satellite would look like. And and that's just a revolution on what's uh, compared to how we behave today. Second element is we have seen this trend also evolve now over the last years. Exploration is becoming a very hot topic. And that's the same. Exploration if you have to imagine taking everything with you, it's extremely complicated to, to plan. It will be extremely costly, especially if we think now about exploration on Mars. So that's not something that where, you know, you, you go just in a few days. The Moon is still something simple. It's a question of days. Mars is a question of months. And, uh, and so y- y- you have to plan. If you have to take everything with you again, that represents a huge cost of, of, of this exploration. An example that illustrates that very well, there is a, a 3D printer in the ISS, the International Space Station. And, uh, and I saw a small wrench that was produced within the, uh, the, a- the ISS. And the reason was that the, the astronauts had not this instrument, this tool, and instead of waiting for the ne- next delivery of, uh, of cargo that's, that comes to ISS, they redesigned or designed this tool on Earth, sent the drawings to, uh, to the, the 3D printer on ISS, and within hours or days, astronauts had this tool. And so this is exactly the model we could imagine also for the types of exploration uh, endeavors, if you are able to produce something where you are, that will extremely facilitate what you will do in the future. And, and now the moon is a very interesting target. Uh, US is planning to go uh, to go to the moon again. The Chinese landed a few months ago. Others have made trials. It was not so successful. If we want to do more on the moon, we will have
1: to start using also the resources that are on the moon in the future. And they are a, a lot from a standpoint where somebody will say, obviously, a hot topic at the moment is our planet that we have here and the resources we have on the planet. Every time we go up now is we have to take resources from here, from Earth. Is that also a a thought process uh, that is within this sector that you prefer to use resources that are available potentially outside to, to use those? We made a study
2: on the use of the space resources where we tried to identify really the different steps to come to to uh, a, the use of these resources in different types of, of applications. And it came relatively clearly out of, of this study that it makes more sense to use the resources you find in space first in space. So that would reduce the number of things that you have to take with you on the one hand. And the question of bringing resources back on Earth, well that's not excluded, but from the results of the study this seems not to be now the first, let's say, viable opportunity. Probably we will need still here on Earth to continue use the resources we have on Earth and maybe one day it will make sense to bring some sort of resources that we found in, in the solar system back on Earth, but for the moment What we see on the shorter term, I mean here uh, 10, 15 years, it will be much more useful to use the resources we find in space, directly in space.
1: And um, anyone showing interest in the agency's activities, where can they find more information? Well, one of the ideas
2: of creating this agency was to have a sort of one-stop shop here in Luxembourg. So anyone who wants to know more can come to us doesn't mean that we have all answers but at least we know who has the answer and that's that's very important we have also now published our new website the website is supposed to be more informative than the previous version so people will find more detailed information about our programs will find contact persons will find links to for example open uh, positions within industry Uh, all these type of things that we try to do really to facilitate the work of the companies here in Luxembourg.
0: Amazing, I think that sort of wraps up our our conversation today but we're definitely looking forward to having you back on the program to talk about I suppose more exciting stuff that you'll be working on because it sounds like there's a strong vision behind it and, and yeah we'll be very happy to have you back with pleasure and there will still be, be news until the end of the year So we'll, we'll see you in a few months time then thanks for listening to the Lux Unplugged podcast please share this podcast with friends and family and leave us a review on iTunes also please don't forget to visit our website luxonplug.com and see you next time